Yes, sir. They did it. Shocking the world, your Cleveland Browns. 48-37 in a beatdown over the over-arrogant, over-hyped Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the NFL playoffs, my favorite time of the year for football. And finally, after years of suffering, no longer pretenders, they are legitimate contenders. Your Cleveland Browns have arrived. It's all eyes on Cleveland. I'm your host, Brad Ward. It's the Divisional Round Special Edition. How about that? How about them brownies, huh? There they go. 48-37 over your uh, hated Pittsburgh Steelers. Over arrogant, overhyped paper champs go down and uh, defeat. Uh, Your Browns are legitimate contenders, and we're going to talk all about it tonight in the special divisional round special edition of the show. Uh, I am your host, Brad Ward. Mikey's on the ones and twos. We have special guests tonight. My favorite guest, Jeff Risden, uh, managing editor at USA Today Sports Media Group's thebrownswire.com. Let's bring him in. Welcome to the show, Jeff. How are we doing tonight? Oh, you're too kind, Brad. Thanks for having me back. It's great to be talking about a team that's playing football this weekend. Isn't this? It's awesome. Just absolutely tremendous. It's just unbelievable. It's almost uh, hard to fathom, hard to believe sometimes that uh, what we saw was real the other night. Uh, amazing stuff all around. Uh, lots to get into as far as that goes. Lots to get into as far as the Chiefs go. Uh, as the, I think the Browns legitimately have a real chance in this game. And we're, we're going to talk about that, I'm sure. Uh, real quickly here, uh, I got some uh, new merchandise uh, that were out there, and a lot of people like it. It's uh, been uh, flying off the shelves, so I'm going to throw that up on the screen here. You guys can check it out. You can go to at All Eyes on Clee and grab any of these shirts. Uh, it's pinned to the uh, top of the at All Eyes on Clee timeline and at the website, www.alleyesoncleveland.com. You can just hit shop merchandise. Here's the three new shirts we added here, so... Oh, I got the line in the way. Mikey, come on, Mikey. All right, there we go. Uh, yeah, so there's oh, nice. uh, there's there's the first one. The Browns is the Browns, right? Like the score, wild card weekend. Uh, we threw this one in here, too. All eyes on Cleveland, NFL divisional round 2021. And then the new all eyes on Cleveland artwork uh, from courtesy of Blue Wire. Uh, so... There that is to check out, uh, and uh, feel free to, to grab any of those, as uh, many are uh, grabbing the Browns is the Browns one. As you can imagine, Jeff, uh, people are excited about this. So I love that that took off, and I love that it. every time you hear it, it, it makes Juju Smith-Schuster weep just a little bit more. That, that makes it, me very happy. Absolutely brutal. Uh, you know, you, you hate to see, you, you wonder about a thing like that, like, I really don't think it made that big of a difference. Like, you're in the playoffs, right? But it's just like one more thing, right? One more rallying cry to just, like, finish a play harder or just, 
you know, concentrate a little bit more. And uh, they just, yeah, it we was know, fantastic. We know that if you've ever played competitive sports, you know when somebody's saying those sorts of things to you, you're like, God, I really want to beat that guy. You know, Absolutely. shut him up. Um, and between him doing that and then Chase Claypool just completely clueless after the game, still attacking um, MJ Stewart and Robert Jackson. So, so I want to ask are, you about that. It was strange are, uh, behavior. Yeah. Strange behavior. So he's attacking Robert Jackson, my guy R. Jax. Uh, he's not on injured reserve. He's hurt now. He's on injured reserve. He's there, a practice squad player. Right. And he's talking about how he scared him and uh, proceeds to talk about, you know, how oh, it's a bad game, but it's okay. Kansas City's going to clap them next week. Well, great. What does that serve you, Claypool? Okay. How does that make first, you look better? Yeah. Yes, he, 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 he played, Claypool did play yeah. well. you got to give him credit for that. But the there's a difference between the battle and the war, and his team lost the war bad. Yeah, and he's a knucklehead. He fits right into that room with the rest of them. They they have it points to their culture, and I wanted to ask you about this because so for so long, and I asked uh, Ike Taylor the same question. I had him on last week. I was like, for so long when I grew up, Ike, and when I even watched Ike Taylor, he was a hard ass man. Yeah. Those guys were all hard asses, and that's how they played. And then you see like the Smith Schuster dancing. And there's a lot of the, you know, and then you hear Claypool with this stuff, and and you know he just sounds they've like got, uh, they, they've got the high, they got um, Eric Ebron's a noted knucklehead. I covered him in Detroit. They, he got talked some, about how he was the yeah. best tight end in the AFC, and then he dropped a record number of balls afterwards. So, and you wonder like. When it when did Mike Tomlin try to reel that in? Like at some point he had to be like, "All right, Juju, just shut right. the hell up, right? Right, yeah, and and, and stop acting like an idiot." Because now you know they should at least after Buffalo beat their ass and he did that on their logo, right? And they were right. all yelling at him and dancing at him and and stuff. You'd be like, "All right, that's enough. Enough's enough. All right, you know, not now you're hurting our team." But it didn't stop. It never stopped. And uh, it makes me wonder about the kind of control that he has over that locker room. Yeah, I'm I'm curious as to what they're going to do this offseason. It looks like uh, Pouncey has already retired or has, is hinting at that. Smith-Schuster probably won't be back. He's probably priced his way out of there. They have massive salary cap problems. Who knows what's going on with Big Ben? He as much as I'm a, a Browns fan, I would love to see him keep playing because he's terrible now. His arm is shot, but uh, it sounds like he is is leaning towards the You wonder what's going to happen with Mike Tomlin. I, I love Mike Tomlin. I, I respect the hell out of Mike Tomlin. I think he's a wonderful coach. Uh, he he did not get his – so <laughs> we, we, we get to vote for uh, all the awards for the pro football writers, um, and yeah. I waited until the end of the year. He had my vote for Coach of the Year until they lost to Cleveland in Week 17. Uh, I wound up voting for Sean McDermott instead, um, with Kevin Stefanski being second. Uh, I, I, I and I'll, I'll explain that real fast. I think the the expectations for what Buffalo was and the player improvement that they had from year to year, I think McDermott deserves a hell of a lot of credit for that. I I will not slight Kevin Stefanski in the least, and I know I do know people that voted for him. Uh, it was a very serious consideration, but uh, they didn't win their division. They did win eleven games, but uh, I I think. 
I, I think greater things are to come, honestly, with Stefanski. And uh, I, there, there were, it was hard to overlook the, the blowout losses along the way. Hard to look, overlook that Jets loss, which was fresh in the mind at that time. So that's that's why my vote went there, and that 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 does not mean that I'm not a Kevin Stefanski backer. I absolutely am, but I feel like that that needs to get explained. And uh, but, yeah. but again, Tomlin, I, I don't know what happened. They, they they obviously peaked early, and that does happen to teams. But the fact that they got out of control like that is that's uncharacteristic for Mike Tomlin, and I wonder how they're going to resolve that. But that's that's their problem, man. That isn't our problem anymore. Seriously, yeah. And and so, like, in, in my wildest dreams, I never could have imagined this game ending and Ben Roethlisberger sitting by himself on a bench crying. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like I could never could have imagined I mean, that. As, in my, as much as we all dislike him, that, that is it, a poignant moment. It, it's a, it, it was a really cool shot. It was in my wildest dreams <laughs> that they would do that to him. That it like That's, is yeah. unbelievable, right? The fact and, that this uh, Browns team, without a head coach on the sideline, did that to him is yes, <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> but so, but he was out there forever, right? In real yeah. time, like he yeah. was out there forever, and he's talking to Pouncy, and he's talking to Juju. He said he was still out there when when Baker Mayfield was getting interviewed by the TV crew. Yeah, he, he was off in the background watching it so, all. That's- so that made me think: like, is is he done? Is he yeah. gonna retire? He answered the questions with "No, I'm coming back," which I totally agree with you. My my whole thought process is: Hell yes, bring him back. Please come back. I would love to get a couple more shots at him. Anymore. Right. Their, their offense is broken, be, in part because he can't make throws that he used to be able to. And, and the other part is that he can't move a lick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, he can't. And and uh, it was I just would enjoy two more shots at him for sure. You know, next year, uh, if he wants to come back, that's fantastic, I think, for the Browns. Uh, but, you know, I don't know what their answer is. A quarterback, it certainly can't be anybody that's on the roster <laughs> yeah, right now. No. You know, so you know, they're picking what, 23? Third, I think it is twenty fourth. Um, that's that's a tough spot to pick a quarterback up at. Uh, it should yeah. be twenty second. That'd be even more ironic. That'd be that'd be fun. You that wonder take- if that's the route they're going to go. I mean, they almost have to at this point because unless they really think that Mason Rudolph is, I, I can't fathom that. And and like I jo- keep Josh, hearing, Josh keep Dobbs hearing. gives them a dimension, uh, but I, I, yeah. and I like Josh Dobbs. I liked him coming out of Tennessee. He's He's a he's a very good human being. He's got that going for him, which doesn't apply to the rest of their quarterback room. Uh, <laughs> no, so in, so in a way, I kind of root for him for that. But he, he's, yeah, he's done very little in the NFL to, to show that he deserves a shot. So, um, but I keep hearing that oh, they love Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh. They just are, they <laughs> I just hope think they do. I hope they do. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell do they see that I don't see? I don't know. Uh, all right, so th- this win meant everything, right? I mean, this this win was the from the first snap. I mean, just describe just real quickly. Let's reminisce in it for another yeah. revel. And I know I I wish I would have done a show earlier this week because it's like now everybody's on to the Chiefs, and I want a chance to revel in it because this I week want, is no, so I, I fun. Want, I want to relive the minute, man. That was uh, yeah. So so I'm watching the game, and my wife and my daughter are with me, and they are. They're casual interests. They're Texans fans um, from for when we lived in Houston. They, they don't really care about the Browns or the Steelers, um, even though my wife went to 
she's a graduate of Solon High School, but uh, you know, she she didn't grow up there. So and she doesn't have that attachment to it. So and and you know, I I we haven't lived in Cleveland. My wife and I moved away from Cleveland Labor Day weekend of 1999. They started playing again the following weekend. So we we like have missed out on everything since yeah. then. Um but but when that first snap happened, she's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> and my daughter's right. like, "What?" You know, my, my daughter's yeah. 12. She, she's aware of sports yeah. and she, she's like I can't believe this happening. And th- then you had the interception uh, and <laughs> just everything going on. And, and they're like laughing at the Steelers more than they're, they're cheering for the Browns. And I thought, God, that's uh, the, just that, that first snap. And, and, and I had this interaction with people on Twitter today. And I absolutely believe this. The fact that Ben Roethlisberger didn't even try to recover that ball on the first snap <laughs> said everything about how that game was going to go. And now, and now it was so it. great. Like, it. Like uh, I, I don't even I don't even understand it. Like Pouncey snapped it so far, he cleared his head. I mean, he snapped it like twenty yards oh, in yeah. the air, and he didn't even know he did it. Like he was blocked. No, I the, mean, their line was still blocking. Like it was. He a had no idea, had no, no clue, and uh, unbelievable. And then Garrett knocks it. To have a blitz called because he wound up recovering in the end zone. <laughs> it, it was it was unbelievable to me. I'm like when it happened. I'm like, okay, all right, it's going to be like second and thirty. I, okay. I can work. This. And yeah. then it went into the end zone because they didn't even. I mean, give James Conner a little bit of credit. He at least went onto the ground. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was that was that was an unbelievable moment. Um. I, and I, I'll, I'll I'll give you my other real highlight before we move on. When when Taki Taki got the pick. Yeah. Um, I yelped. I, I yeah. did, and, and my family by that time had gone to bed. They had seen enough of, of Cleveland dropping. They're like, "Okay, you're, you're good, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man." I mean, yeah, I, it was stressful. Who, I, I do root for the Detroit Lions, and I have seen them blow colossal leads before. You know, I, 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 I watched the the Buffalo uh, Frank Reich game in college with a fraternity brother. My roommate was from Buffalo, so I, I, that's a hard lesson to, to, to overlook. That you know how that happened. Uh, so it's. Um, it was nerve wracking, but when he got that, I, I felt good. I'm like, okay, all right, I can finally start writing Brown's win. Um, and I, sh- I shifted my writing because, uh, and, and my editor at USA Today, uh, my, my boss there will tell you that I had written Brown's blow big lead and epic collapse. And I wrote about 375 words of that in the middle of the third quarter. It just flowed right out of me because I I, I I could see it coming. I could feel it. Hell yeah, I was shaky. I was I didn't believe in the confidence. I, I, I've seen that horror show too many times. Uh, we all have. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was very, very happy to delete that draft and burn it uh, in, no. <laughs> in the inbox because I, I really didn't want to ever have to hit publish on that bad boy. You know, though, Jeff, it's like, I felt this way with this team multiple times this year. So there was the 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 Titans game, which felt this way, and right. there was and other because they were up thirty eight to seven in that game, and they yeah. still almost lost. I yes. mean, I, how can you not yes. think of that? I, I know we yeah. all did. <laughs> and and because they found so many ways to lose in the past, you're you're conditioned to feel that way, right? Kind of. So you you know. You had the Titans game, and there was other games throughout the year that were just tight down the end, and like, man, they're going to find a way to lose this game, and you know, or it's going to be extremely costly. But they just kept finding a way to win, 
and finding a way to win. And that's what was different about this team throughout yeah. the year. Even that Titans game, just to be able to hold on and win that game, you're like, that's different than the past, right? So yeah. then the Steelers game, part one or part two of three, uh, week 17, same situation. They come back, you're up 24-9, they come back in the fourth quarter, you hang on and win. When it's 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter, I'm like as tense as I could ever be. Like I'm happy and, and, and incredibly joyous that they're up 28 to nothing because it was such a great first quarter. It was so enjoyable. The runs and every just the beat down that they are serving up to them, right? But you're also like, holy crap, they really got to win this game now. Like, you know, yes. up to that point, it was like, okay, the, the thought was there, but it was totally real at that point. Like, they have to win now. Right. Uh so for me, that moment, like for you with Taki Taki, for me it was the Chubb screen, right? Okay, it's yep, like I was yeah. begging for him to call his screenplay all night long. It was there pressure. all night long, and they finally it, got to it. <laughs> and they finally got to it, and it was perfectly timed. And it, to see him break those tackles, and the way he accelerates is just insane. Pass everybody. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, that touchdown was so huge to me. It was like yeah. the difference. It extended the lead out, and I just felt like they had it from that point on. Uh, it was incredible. Just an incredible win all around. It, it, it just- really was. And, and the reaction after the game on social media, uh, my Facebook, um, I'm, I'm from Cleveland. Um, probably half my Facebook is, is from Cleveland. And just, like, even people who aren't on anymore were back on, like, posting, you know, reaction shots and, you know, how great it was to beat, and specifically beating Pittsburgh. I think that meant a little bit more. You know, if that had been Indianapolis or Tennessee or the Chargers, I don't oh. think it would have been as much. Yeah, no question. It may, I mean, it's such a over the, like, just get over all those all those demons that the Steelers have served up oh, over the years. And, and it's just such a purifying win and uh, just, just, just glorious. It was absolutely glorious moment. Uh, organization changing win. Definitely. In my, in my opinion. Absolutely. And it, it sets them up. Like this is, this is something that they can say, you know, when they look back on this year, I'm like, and, and you think back to the, the, the circumstances, Kevin Stefanski isn't there. Their O-line <laughs> coach is not there. And they're, they're bringing in Blake Hant. Blake Hant, he met Baker Mayfield in the locker room before the game. They'd never practiced. And they went out and did that. I think the context of how they did that is um, – I, I don't remember the miracle at Richfield, but I'm I'm close. To, I I was alive then, uh, but this this has to be among the most miraculous things that I've ever seen um, from a Cleveland sports team. Um, uh, Kyrie hitting the shot, obviously, uh, but I the, the the it's a football town, man. The, the, to do yeah. that the way they did with all the odds stacked against them, um, I wrote the piece on Browns Wire on on Sunday morning. Eighty-six yeah. percent of all picks around the like the the blogosphere and the internet pick the Steelers. Now, to be fair, um, with with the spread factored in, it wound up being almost fifty-fifty. Uh, but so there was people that were like, oh, I don't I don't really trust the Steelers. That that's that's a I don't trust the Steelers bet more than it's an I believe in the Browns bet. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I think 
it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out this week because uh, Kansas City is a very different animal. Uh, and they're, they're, God, they're good. But uh, I, I will always enjoy what we watched last Sunday. And I think it will be one of those moments where where you point back and you're like, um, for me, it was like the Jets when, when Bernie Kosar rallied against the Jets in the playoffs, down 20 to 10, and they got back and they, yep. they won the game in overtime. I actually watched that in Sears in the Northland Mall in Columbus. It isn't even there anymore. I was in high school at the time. And I gave up on them at 20 to 10. I walked over to the mall. I could walk there from where I lived. It's going to go to the arcade. And somebody's like, hey, man, the girls are coming back. So I wandered into the Sears store and watched with like 50 people gathered around this little, the giant That's team. awesome. Um, and th- this was like that moment where like, oh, I don't, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and yeah. just, just the the cathartic glory that it really was, was that, that that's, that's, that's something that I hope that, that all Browns fans remember for a long time. And oh. it's and also that it's not the end of where this team can go. It's like, okay, this was the step. This is this is them. You know, they've been climbing the ladder. They climbing. Now they jumped up like three rungs. Um, they're yep. not to the top yet, but they they got a hell of a lot closer with what they did. Yeah, no question. It, you know, it, it's uh, they they became to me like like I said at the beginning. They they became. Uh, I get this feeling like they are a legitimate contender. Like I feel like they can play with anybody, yes. and that may be a little bit of a high off coming off of that win, but. The, the way that they beat them down, right? Yeah. The way that they out-physical the Steelers at, like, you know, what they're – that's what right. the Steelers are supposed to be. And the Browns just beat their ass all over the field. One beat the crap out of Cam Hayward. Watching David yes. Njoku block dudes out of bounds from being inbound. Yes. The the angry bouncer at the the country bar, man. That that that's exactly what you want. That's Pittsburgh Steelers football. They they got beat by their own game. That's yes. that's their own team. And the fact that they did that without Stefanski there, without the O line coaches there, to me, you know, no Denzel Ward. That you know, against a pass happy Ben obviously pumped up. You know, stat padding stats, five hundred yards, but. It because they didn't win. I mean, it, it doesn't mean anything. And I think Four being on picks. the other, yeah. Being yeah, being on the other end of that is something that I will always cherish because I am usually on the wrong end of the hose, and it's very nice to be the guy holding it for once. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Let me ask you this. Uh, you're listening and watching to uh, – listening to, watching to. You're listening to and watching us on uh, YouTube – uh, and uh, simulcast goes out to YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook Live. Pardon me. And uh, the podcast is available where all popular podcasts are found. It's all eyes on Cleveland. My name is Brad Warner. Special guest Jeff Risen of the Browns Wire. Uh, recapping a little bit of the Steelers here to get started. How did Michael Dunn do what he did? I mean. In uh, the offensive line, so even losing Conklin halfway through the game and having to come back with uh, Lamb, so you're with Dunn and Lamb, and eventually Hans and Lamb, and those guys pitched a shutout. Jeff, they pitched they a shutout. Uh, no, uh, you didn't hear Tuit's name. You didn't hear Watts' name. You didn't hear Cameron Haywood's name. Uh, Hayward was dominated by Michael Dunn. How is that possible? 
Like, how was he able to go in? I mean, he never played it down before. No, Jeff, that's 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 that goes to back to Ben not trying to fall on the ball in the first play of the game. They thought this was going to be an easy game. They they were not prepared to play. That's on them. That's on Tomlin. Um, that's I, I think the Browns were so focused. Like like we talked about it when 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 you and I and Jake Burns were talking about this on your show last week. The Browns have to have the focus. They have to take advantage. They have to be sharp. They got to take advantage of every opportunity. They did a phenomenal job of doing that and staying focused on the little things. And I don't think the Steelers did that at all. And that's one of the reasons why the Browns were able to be so successful is even without Kevin Stefanski in the building, they were still the better coach team. Yeah, the, the, no question. They, found, they, they realized what they had to do to win. And I think Pittsburgh was just like, oh, Come on, all right. Um, where, 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 where are we playing divisional round? Are we going to Buffalo? Are we good with that? Yes. You know, that, yeah. That was, yeah. Was their, it was it was obvious from their the way that they handled the first quarter that they they were not ready to play a football game, no. and uh, that's 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 how the Browns did it, and that's again that's a testament to Stefanski. It's a testament to Mike Prefer for relaying the information like that. But Michael Dunn, Blake Hans coming in. Kendall Lamb, Lamb lost on the first rep. Um, Watt beat him clean. Yep. After yep. that, he did a great job. He first, first first play. He he got an he lost he lost a little bit of it on an inside swim, but it didn't affect the play. After that, he was great. I thought yep. Wyatt Miller coming across on on some 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 power runs was just incredible pulling. J.C. Treader played phenomenal. He, he had yep. a great great game. Jedrick Wills, solid, solid as always, getting out front on that that Chubb screen he talked about. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the beautiful. The fact that they understood also that Baker had to get the ball out fast. He had his fa- he got the ball out in two point four seconds. It was his fastest t- average release time of the season. That was very important. It took advantage of of the Steelers not necessarily expecting that. I think they were expecting the prolonged plays. You know, maybe he's going to try to roll it. No, he stood in the pocket. He threw the ball quickly. Um, and it was a, a variant in the game plan. Give Alex Van Pelt some credit for calling smart plays that had them offset. There was a flow to what they were doing with their play calling. Um, and, and Stefanski has done this as well, where their first down play on one drive sets up the second down play on the next drive. They do that incredibly well. That's something that kept Stefanski doing. He was at Minnesota. That That's a hallmark of the Gary Kubiak system that he's part of. And they did a phenomenal job uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, it, it Kevin Stefanski in his basement, 138 miles away. It still looked like a Kevin Stefanski coached team, and, and a Kevin Stefanski prepared team. Um, no question. The game plan. I'm starting to get this feeling about Stefanski. Like, if you give him enough time and enough tape, he can he can scheme up a way to kind of keep you in or beat anybody like like let's look what he did in that game like he took uh dunn and whatever they did with them and give treader and and wills a ton of credit on his right side and on his left side to help him through that but dunn looked like a stud i mean he looked fine yeah if you (laughs) watch baldy's breakdowns i mean he's slowing it down did you see it and he's yeah. knocking Hayward's hands down and, I mean, and coming back. I mean, he, he controlled Haywood the whole game. Uh, he was never even a threat. So, surprisingly, he played 
the game of his lifetime. Uh, I wish he wasn't on injured reserve in case there's an injury next week. I mean, that's how well he played. Uh, Who knows? Maybe he's a guy you want to hang on to. I don't know. You know, who knows? But uh, either way, uh, he played incredible. But like you were talking about, the quick release from Mayfield, you know that came from Stefanski. Uh, You know, watching this, understanding what Pittsburgh does, understanding how the Browns can win, and the way that they can win is we can get the ball out quick. We can, you know, we can run short stuff, uh, quick developing plays, uh, and, and, and make smart decisions, and then, and then pound them in the run game. And even though they ran uh, inside, they have such success running towards the edges on Pittsburgh is incredible, and you know Teller on the pole and Treader on the poles, they just lighten people up, and everybody doing their job at, on the and what Baldy calls the union, the Browns' yes. offensive line. Yes, uh, tremendous, uh, incredible play, and uh, just destroyed them. Two other guys I wanted to mention: uh, M.J. Stewart, a guy that me and you, I think, both of us have called short and slow and he still yeah. I still think he is but he played a ter- he played an incredible game right he figured out and and give credit to the 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 coaching staff they realized that Ben wasn't going to throw the ball deep over their heads so they had him undercut that's how he got an interception yep. um that's yep. And so if, if you go back to when he played in college at North Carolina, that was his style at North Carolina. He was a robber like that, uh, much yeah. more than he was a, a, a turn-and-run guy. Um, and finding a spot for a guy like that who is he's, – he's capable, but he's limited. Um, he is not as good as Kevin Johnson. He's certainly not as good as Denzel Ward or Terrence Mitchell on the outside. Mitchell played very well, by the way, too. Uh, but yeah, getting getting contributions from that—that that was one of the keys to the game that I talked with. We talked about last week getting the unheard of guys to come out and and have their oh. career games. Dunn did it. MJ Stewart did it. I thought Takius, even after aside from the interception, had a phenomenal game for him. Larry Ogunjobi yeah. had his best game of the year. Thank God it was about time. We needed that. That was yep. uh, that's those are the type of things that you need to do to beat Pittsburgh. That's what they're going to need again in Kansas City. Yeah, no question. Uh, long list of heroes uh, in this one. Uh, but B.J. Goodson, they get back midweek, and, you know, he led the team in tackles on the year with 91 tackles. He goes out and gets 10 tackles. Uh, as we just mentioned, M.J. Stewart, interception and nine tackles from M.J. Stewart. Incredible. How about that? Uh, not, so, giving up, not giving up the big runs after the catch, which is what uh, uh, Mr. Mapletron Claypool likes to do so much. Yeah, and, you know, with the short pass game, it's so much about the athletes that they have just tackling in open space. Like, don't let them turn those five yards into 15 and 20-yard gains. And the Browns did so well just running to the ball, you know, uh, all of them, all of them. And they and they played incredibly well that way. Well coached, I thought. Um, even to manage that lead, and it was it's frustrating when teams in the NFL they all do it go into that prevent right and you're like oh, you're no. watching yeah you're watching oh. Ben go down the field just pitch catch pitch catch ten yards ten yards fifteen yards ten yards you know seven for seven down the field was one drive or eight for eight down the yeah. field touchdown yeah. uh, ten yards a pop right and it took like two minutes. 
And you're going, okay, all right, you know. But get, I give him credit, though. As it got closer, it got to 13. He rolled up the coverage. He got tighter with it. They you know, did. he kind of played it as the game as the score was, he played it. He was, they didn't want to get beat deep, obviously. And they eventually did get beat on a deep one by Claypool. But, um, I think that was the only one really over their heads that they got beat deep on. Yeah. Uh, I ben understand. One too, but yeah. yeah. And, and they, they did have, um, one James Washington one down the side too. That was a, a very yes. nice catch. Um, yeah. Hey, they got players too. Um, they're going to make plays, but yeah, you know, I, I was cringing so much. Um, you can't just go into the base shell like that. You got to at least give them something. Um, yeah. And if you're going to do that, every now and then blitz somebody. You know, just just yeah. to make them move off his point or something. Uh, and that they they you're right. Joe Woods did do that later after yes. after my nerves were shot and my fingernails were gone. Right. Uh, and uh, most people were probably feeling the same way. Going on my third heart attack, he's he yeah. decided to you know get yeah. it tightened up a little yeah. bit. Uh, so, you know, all this good stuff, last good thing, and then I'm going to switch to a couple things, uh, that probably need to be cleaned up, and then we're going to talk Kansas City here, uh, because there's a lot of questions going into that game on how, how they're going to approach that, I'm sure, uh, but, and we'll get to all that. Uh, Baker Mayfield, tremendous, accurate, leader, uh, did everything. Uh, he's kind of taken on uh, this. How about him running for the third and six and diving at the pylon? He, he's using his legs more the past couple weeks. Uh, he's just been amazing, and uh, you can't say enough about the guy. He's he's stepped up in big moments, and that was one of the questions I think that all of us had. Uh, and even in that game, you know, it wasn't they were dominated with the run but it wasn't just the run it was baked too i mean they yeah. they mixed it in perfectly i mean he was picking them apart uh he was better than his numbers showed um austin Hooper put yeah. a couple balls on the ground but a uh, baker again he's seeing the field he he is reading the the defense and and how the offense attacks that and he is on it like like every play he's making the correct decision um, there were there were a couple of them where he got away with with a couple mistakes, but by and large, he's playing very very high level football. And just going back to, to his days at Oklahoma, you trust him in big situations. The, the the game is never too big for Baker Mayfield. It's and I think not. that's something that, that is something that you have to learn as a quarterback. You know, is it too big for him? Is it not? Um, I have I can't fathom any Browns fan having any question that. That Baker Mayfield, I mean, he he's one and zero in the playoffs. I mean, there you go. But the, the fact there there was always the the worry that he's not going to be able to rise up and win a big game. Uh, I think he I think he has completely put that to bed. All right, so um, let's shift our attention here to the divisional round of the playoffs. It feels good just to say the divisional uh-huh. round. Browns at Chiefs, 305. Uh, it's the CBS game with Romo and uh, Nance. Another um, backward hat wearer, Tony Romo. Colin Coward's gonna hate this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know. Is he is he in his basement for this one or is he gonna be there? I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, all right, so for for uh let me ask you this, Jeff. Were you surprised by the spread of this game? 
Not really. It, uh, the last I saw was 10 or 10 and a half. Um, that, that's probably holding true across most sports sports books, I would guess. Look, the Chiefs are good. They're, they, they, they're holding the trophy. They've got a quarterback who is doing insane. He's making $500 million, and he is earning it. He's They have speed to burn. They have the tight end coming off the single greatest tight single greatest season any tight end has ever had. Yeah, um, from Cleveland, by the way. Uh, they are very, very good. Um, yeah. Even though they start two Browns castoffs in their the interior of their offensive line, but it seems give give credit to Wiley and uh, and and they're making it work. So uh, I I don't think that their defense gets enough credit, especially the way they played late. I think. Uh, Tyron Matthew needed some time to get assimilated into their system. Once mm-hmm. he figured out where he needs to be and when he needs to be where, uh, their defense got a lot better, and they're they're a, they're a much better defense than they are given credit for. And he's a big part of that. Uh, they can get a pass rush. They, Frank Clark can play. Chris Jones is a big problem on the inside. They have guys who can get things done um, at a level that the Browns, frankly, haven't proven they can do yet. Um, yes, mm-hmm. they beat Pittsburgh, and it was great. But at the same time, they're doing it. You know, they have been there. They, they're the, the reigning champs. They were fourteen and one. They did not play anybody in that last game. So throw that out. That this is a, this is a fifteen and one football team. If they wanted to be, their one loss was the Raiders when the Raiders played the game of their life. Um, the, I'm making it sound like it's like it's there's no chance that that's not the intent here. But the 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 Chiefs absolutely deserve the respect that they're getting from from the national media and from from the sports books because they've they've proven that they they that's how good they are. That's that's what the challenge is for the Browns is to, to overcome that. Um, I I guess I was surprised a little bit because the last game I watched them play was Week 16 against the Falcons. In a game they should have lost, uh, yeah. AJ Terrell yeah. has, you know, he he has the game clinching interception in his hands. Actually catches it, rolls over, and then like loses it. Uh, yeah. And then they drive down the field, and to to tie it up, they have a chance to tie it up, and they miss that field goal. So, like double whammy, they well, really field goal that Young Hoku missed all year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they really had them beat, um, yeah. and and they in Mahomes, they moved the ball up and down the field, but Atlanta did a good job. With, you know, they yeah. took it away a couple times. Um, Atlanta Mahomes, moved the ball up and down the field. Mahomes has not been as sharp down the stretch. He he Correct. He, he played really really well. Uh, I want to say from like the, like the beginning of October through about the middle of November, and their last few games, he's look, he's still great. But he's not been all world. Um, right. it, it made it easier for me to vote for Aaron Rodgers as the MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year because of the way that Mahomes has been missing some throws. Um, and it, you know, Chiefs Chiefs media really didn't want to hear it. He's missing throws now. He's making a hell of a lot of them too. But he's yeah. not perfect. He is beatable. He is not infallible. Um, he will miss some throws. He will try to get cute at times. He will misread the defense at times, as as Baker will, as all quarterbacks do. Uh, I I think that just 
look, he he again, he's great. I I love Patrick Mahomes. He was my first. He was my number one quarterback that year, and I took some grief for that, and I stood up for it, and I'm proud that I did. Uh, but he's there. There are paths to victory again for Cleveland, and one of them is to make Patrick Mahomes uh, either get complacent in the way that the Steelers were, or just take advantage of the mistakes that he does make because he is going to put some balls out there that you're going to get your hands on. Yeah, absolutely. They have to do takeaways. I know you got to go here, Jeff. I'm going to get you uh, one question here for you about the Chiefs thing. And uh, because we have a whole Chiefs show tomorrow night, too. So uh, I wanted to, you know, get the reminiscing with you and go over the Steelers game. My biggest concern at this point, um, the Browns are not getting pressure on the quarterback with the front four right now. Yeah. In order for them to play... What has actually been successful, and this is it's kind of a layered situation. So Joe Woods comes from San Francisco. San Francisco played Mahomes and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They played the Seattle cover three almost the whole game against them and did pretty well against them. The Chargers have been one of the teams that have shut down Mahomes at times or, or contained him. They play that same cover three look. The Browns have that scheme very much in their in their bag of tricks, right? Uh, yes. And what they can do, they've used it off and on all year long. Do you think they go to that? And part of the way that that is successful, if you go to it, is you have to get to the quarterback with your front four. Right. So the ultimate question is, Miles Garrett hasn't been doing it. What what happens there? Uh, you're missing now Olivier Vernon. So do you think that's the way they go, or do you think they approach this a little differently? Uh, you, one of the things that you do, that Mahomes, Mahomes kills blitzes that don't get home, and that they have right. to be very aware of that. Um, and the, the Chiefs' receiving core is really good at staying alert. Like, okay, the linebacker blitz, so I, I – even if they didn't see it like pre-snap, they're like, oh, oh, he's not here. Okay. I'm, I'm if I'm Kelsey, I'm just gonna sit there and and Mahomes will find me. And they're very, very good at that. So you have to be careful when you blitz because if you're just blitzing to just you know bring extra people, no. Um he, he might take off and run for 27 yards um and and make you look stupid, or he might start to run and then throw it behind his back. Who knows what uh, it's right, yeah, whatever. Um, and he will find people. Um, so you, if you can get there with four, that's definitely advantageous. This is this would be a great game for Sheldon Richardson to have another really good game. Be nice for Miles Garrett. You know he got he got a hand on on Ben's arm that one time. Claiborne did too, and neither time they got the ball out. Those are the types of plays that they're going to have to make because uh, to yeah. your point about the zone, you almost have to play zone against them. A because their receivers are just so fast. But B, when you play man against a mobile quarter, a guy who can take off the way Mahomes does, if you're not looking, he's going to run. Look at what Josh Allen did to the Colts doing that. That's look at that, what Lamar did to us. Yeah, when we went yeah, man to man. Yeah, look at what, yeah. And Lamar did that to the the, the Titans, who <laughs> for whatever reason kept staying in man, even though they're not good at it. That's yeah. uh, you, you've got to you got. So I like the cover three. I would I would like to see them play it a little bit shallower than they probably will. Um, yep. I like the idea of, of having MJ Stewart in, in that robber role um, in the way that, that the Chiefs often use Tyron Matthew. One of the things that I like as a coaching philosophy is to do to a team what they like to do to you, um, in part because it shows that, oh, oh okay, all right, <laughs> we got a game here. Um, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Getting Denzel Ward back is huge. I think that's going to make a big difference. He can play man, but he can also play in the zone. Yeah, Terrence Mitchell is, is probably better in zone. Um, he's certainly better when he when he can both look at the quarterback and the receiver. If he's looking at one or the other, he tends to get in a little bit of trouble. Uh, Kevin Johnson plays that cover zone very well. That he's much better at that, uh, and I think it, I think it will help a guy like B.J. Goodson, who who played well last week and is back. And I think he's a guy that has to. He's really got to. He's got to have the game of his life, man, because he's he's going to be the primary guy against Kelsey. And if if you can slow down Kelsey, you know, keep him, you know, six catches for seventy yards, and it sounds crazy that that's limiting a tight end, but he averages a heck no, of a that's more than that. Yeah, hundred catches this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they and uh, fourteen hundred yards, and I believe it was eleven touchdowns. Tyreek Hill has twelve touchdowns. Look, they've got to tackle well. That's the other thing. The secondary has to tackle well. As as good as Mahomes is, they got some dudes, man. <laughs> you know, they got so they much got speed. So, so much, much speed. speed. Even like the you know the, they they bring. Um, I don't think Harbin's doing much now, but they they, they can bring guys in. And, Le'Veon Bell, as much as I've crapped on him, he's he's still a quality running back. He's he's not Kareem Hunt, but he can play. They just have so many weapons that you have to you got to take care of your tackling fundamentals. I do think that's a lot easier to do in a zone, uh, and and you know force Mahomes to to make the big plays to beat you. Now he might do that. That that's that's what he's done to a lot of teams. But at least make him work at it. You know, don't just give him free run. You know where. Where you're trying to guard um, a, a 4.27 speed guy in Tyreek Hill with a 4.6 MJ Stewart man to man, don't that 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 can't happen. No, you're, you're it, not you're not sticking can't. you're not sticking Mac Wilson on Kelsey and man to man. You just can't do can't that. do it. No, can't do it. Um. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, who did you say you were thinking was going to get matched up with Kelsey a lot? Uh, a Goodson will, I think. Malcolm, I think they're going to trade it around, honestly. And and the way that the Chiefs move him around, you can't really mask him that way. Uh, right. Malcolm, it would be nice to have Malcolm Smith um, play yes. well. He did not play well against Pittsburgh. He was one of the few defenders that did not have a good game against the Steelers, from my eyes. Yeah. So uh, maybe he, he's he's due for a bounce back. He has played well in clutch situations before. He does have a Super Bowl MVP trophy. Yeah, but this is. Um, this is a different one. You know, you, you're going to – my thought is is that the Browns are going to try to make the Chiefs work as hard as they possibly can to score. I, I don't think it's realistic to expect them to stop them from scoring. No. Um, you just want to make them right. matriculate it down the field. Yeah. yeah. If they go 10 plays in 84 yards, it needs to be in, you know, six minutes instead of two. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cover that eighty-four yards. Make them eat some time off. Give your give your offense a little bit of a rest so they can figure out what to attack. And um, be opportunistic. You you, yeah. you just got to make them make plays and hope for the mistakes. It's kind of the same thing you did with Pittsburgh, and, and it, it worked. worked. Yes, and <laughs> it worked. Straight. So yeah, yeah you got to kind of do the same thing. Get, Miles Garrett's got to get home at least once. He I, does. I, I think Sheldon Richardson needs to get in there. He's played great lately. He, I think he, he has been, um, especially since Vernon went down, the best player on the defense. Uh, yeah. He's got to have a monster game. He has a good matchup. I, I like his chances to do something. But it's one of those deals. They've, they've 
just like with Pittsburgh, they this is a game where you need to take an early lead to give yourself proof that you can hang in this game. Um, I don't think that the Browns themselves are going to doubt that in any way, but there there is that reinforcement from it when you get out and you're up fourteen nothing in the first quarter. Like, all right, yeah, we 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 did expect this, but we didn't expect this, you know. Yeah. And you build off that, and that's that that's that's the hope for what happens Sunday afternoon. I'm very thankful that it's an early afternoon game, that it's not a late game because. Uh, uh, I'm old and I don't like staying up till four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, those games. Uh, seriously, that that game. Uh, that was those, that, those I, late games. Those Sunday night games are just. That game. <laughs> that game was never ending, too. Especially with that lead, it just it was like the clock. Like you could not get, and they they run all those short little passes. The clock never runs. It's crazy. Um, what do you think about? I mean. Them getting, uh, I know that they're probably, I think at times will get more de- as many defensive backs out there as you can try to get. Sometimes they go to that three safety look. What do you think about Ronnie Harrison trying to guard Kelsey a little bit? Or do you think I, they'll stick with a linebacker? Uh, I think they will mix it up. I, I And if they're in the zone, that, that handoff area, that, that transition zone, that mesh point has to be solid. There can't be gaps in that because that is where Mahomes and Kelsey kill people. Yeah, if you watch absolutely. their game against the Raiders, um, the, the game that they lost to the Raiders, that's how um, the Raiders thrived, quite honestly, was they, they did a phenomenal job of having the, those zone transitions. They did a great job of communicating and reading like that. And I, I worry a little bit about the Browns ability to do that with all the guys that they've had in and out of the lineup and transitioning around. You know, Denzel hasn't practiced in two weeks. He, thankfully, he was there today. Um, you know, Harrison's been in and out. Sandejo's been in and out. Um, uh, the, the less Sandejo we see, the better. Although, again, he's he's been playing his best football down the stretch. I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit crapping on him because he's he's at least proven that he can he can do some. I'm not. Things. I'm not. <laughs> I don't I'm want not. him back. But I mean, I'd rather have him out there. I'll say this: I'd rather have him out there than Redwine, even though he got an interception. Yeah. I mean, Redwine is the is worse than him. I think I, I don't know which is, one. Like at least Sandejo is like like he's a bullet man. He is full speed, full bore. Yes, everything he does. I um, feel like he, he plays hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might get it wrong. But yeah, he's gonna but go he plays him. hard. Yeah, yeah. Red, Redwine, you're like okay. He's, he's so tentative and yeah. timid. It's almost like yeah, yeah. That's, that's, he that's, shies away from the play at all costs unless he has to make a tackle, and it's like he's catching the defender. Like yeah, I, I just uh, that, that, I, I don't know. There, we just said something nice about Andrew Sunday. He'll mark the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Seriously. Uh, all hey, right, he's, Jeff. He's a starting safety on a winning a playoff winning team. You got to give him yeah. that. <laughs> Very true. I know you got to go tonight. I, I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much for the uh, the Pittsburgh breakdown. Uh, enjoy the week. It's going to be a fun week. And, no, it's uh, fun. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll give it up to my, my colleague at Chiefs Wire. Charles Goldman is a good friend of mine. He's a great guy. He is not a homer. Um, if you want good coverage from it, please follow them, too, because uh, they do a great job. And he's he, he, he's deserving of your respect. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Just as you are, Jeff Risden, deserving of our respect, a gentleman and a scholar. Oh, sorry about Bless that. You. Bless oh, you. Bless you. Yeah. Bless him. <laughs> Bless him, right? It was great uh, to relive the Pittsburgh game again. I, I, I can yes. 
Absolutely. Uh, have a wonderful night, and uh, thank you so much, Jeff, as right. always. You're fantastic. All right. Go Browns. Go Cavs. Too. Yes. Go Browns. Go Cavs. We'll be right back after this uh, short break. Was Jeff Risden, managing editor at USA Today Sports Media Groups, thebrownswire.com. You are listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm your host, Brad Ward. Mikey's on the ones and twos tonight, reliving some of the Pittsburgh game uh, wild card, super wild card weekend victory, 48-37 over the hated Steelers. Uh, and uh, enjoying uh, reliving some of that, the magical performance from Michael Dunn and MJ Stewart and the long list of heroes that certainly emerged in that game. As we look towards the Kansas City game, I want to uh, make you aware of tomorrow night's show, as that's where our focus will be, uh, as we will have a special guest, Joe uh, Valerio, former Kansas City Chief Offensive Lineman, he has also uh, played six years in the NFL for the Chiefs, and he is now host of the Believe in Chiefs podcast. Uh, he will join us here, right here, on All Eyes on Cleveland, uh, the podcast and uh, the simulcast, so you can watch that, me and him, uh, as I'm going to get into the ins and outs of what the Chiefs do offensively, uh, the Browns' chances uh, I think they have a very good chance, actually. I, I don't think, once again, you're looking at a team in the Chiefs, and it's kind of uh, ironic this way, but they, uh, down the stretch, um, have, you know, looked uh, not great, uh, just as the, um, once again, the Steelers looked like garbage down the stretch in the season. I rewatched the uh, Falcons game today, and they just, they just didn't look like the Chiefs that we were used to. This matchup with Joe Woods is tr- tremendously intriguing if you're interested in the uh, defensive schemes that will be run against them as you kind of can go back to the Super Bowl almost and see uh, how that San Francisco played uh, the Chiefs and were successful for a good part of the game until, you know, of course, the uh, infamous... Uh, two-jet wasp play uh, that uh, was run and is a uh, cover, uh, a cover, uh, thank you, Brittany, I appreciate that, Uh, nice hoodie, awesome, thank you, Uh, the uh, cover three uh, press bail that Seattle ran and that the Browns have run on and off this year, so, 
Um, and Jeff was talking a lot about that. I agree with that him completely, that you do have to play zone against Patrick Mahomes almost uh, exclusively because of their speed, but also because of what we saw Lamar Jackson do to the Browns when they played man-to-man. It's just natural that when you get a defensive back's head turned and focusing on the receiver, and especially the way that Miles Garrett goes upfield, you're just going to create run lanes for Mahomes to take, and he will take them all day long in that situation. So I expect them to to come out with that cover three press bail. They may, you know, work it a little bit, you know, uh, change it a little bit here and there. Uh, I think that. You do have to get home. I mean, you can't just let Mahomes sit back there all day because he will manipulate that zone until somebody's open. I mean, he, he's the best in the league at doing that, uh, buying time until the guy gets open. So you do have to get home with your front four. Uh, they have some matches up, matchups up there they can exploit. If they're not getting home, which they haven't been, in the last few weeks, they really haven't been generating a lot of pressure on their own with their front four. Um, at least Miles Garrett hasn't, and any pressure that, that's been coming from the offensive line has came from Sheldon Richardson, and before Olivier Vernon got hurt, it was coming from him. Um, they have to find a way to get those front four guys home in a reasonable amount of time to get after Mahomes, and you have to... Do it in a controlled fashion. You can't just run past Mahomes and open up those running lanes for him. So in doing that, while you're in the cover three zone, you can be successful. You know, you're you're really taking away a lot of the short stuff that they want to do and guarding against that deep stuff. There's a lot of rules. It's a rules-based defense. As Jeff was referencing, a lot of passing of receivers off to each other. Um, and and if you've ever watched the 22 Jet Wasp that they ran on that infamous third down to, to Hill in the Super Bowl, that is a cover three beater that literally you know fakes you into thinking the receiver is going across the field. The corner gives up on him, takes another guy. The safety starts to run that way. And he literally circles back into a vacant area of this field because of the rules-based cover three defense that they're in. So I would expect the Browns to play that a lot, maybe mix in some cover four. We saw them change pretty much everything they did against Pittsburgh and go to a cover two look that they haven't done all year and surprise Pittsburgh by doing that uh, in this playoff game. So very uh, heady and strategic move. Hard to do over Zoom and with one practice, but Joe Woods was able to pull it off, and they did it to uh, successful. Once again, Jeff makes a great point in what you're going to have to do against an offense like this to slow them down is just make him work it down the field. Just don't give up the big play easier said than done with all that speed, but make him work it down the field. They're going to get 15-yard gains. They're going to get little screen plays to Bell for seven, eight yards. That's what they do. I mean, that's what they are amazing at and makes them so hard to stop. But you have to make them work down the field. Eight, nine, ten plays. Increase your chances for a mistake, for a tip ball, for anything. And that's what they did against Pittsburgh, and it worked tremendously well. Expect more of the same 
kind of strategy, not so much scheme, but strategy against Mahomes and company in Kansas City. I really do think that um, the Chargers have run that same Seattle cover three press bail to have some success holding the Chiefs to under 20 points uh, multiple times, 20 points and under with that same scheme. Uh, it's the scheme that Woods brought over from San Francisco. It's what San Francisco ran Super Bowl to some good success, had the game won. Um, and then we will see again, you know, Woods with another matchup against them. At least he has some experience going against this Chiefs offense and will have a, an appropriate way to attack it. So I feel uh, confident with Stefanski back uh, and scheming up the offense. I think our offense can move the ball up and down the field against the Chiefs successfully. I don't think they will have a problem scoring. Our offense is hot right now, and they should play well. As far as the defense goes, uh, as many things I just talked about there in that we can ask, uh, certainly uh, X. Uh, NFL offensive lineman Joe Valerio tomorrow night, 7 p.m., same same place, same channel, right here on All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, appreciate everybody's feedback. Also, tomorrow night when you tune in uh, after the interview, I will announce the winner of our T-shirt giveaway. Uh, the T-shirt, once again, is the Browns is the Browns T-shirt uh, that we have for sale also uh, at T Public, but you can go to uh, my website, our website, uh, www.alleyesoncleveland.com, and hit the uh, merchandise to see the new merchandise that we released yesterday, or you can see it pinned at the top of at All Eyes on Clee uh, on Twitter. Um, and uh, that's that. So, Tremendous stuff from Jeff Rizden tonight, reliving the uh, victory, glorious, glorious victory over Pittsburgh Steelers. Chase Claypool uh, and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, just, just a bunch of nonsense. Nothing good coming from from them. Uh, and uh, as Craig uh, commenting, hello, hello, Craig. And you know how I feel uh, from my rant last night about Claypool uh, as, you know, what an idiot. You know, what an idiot. Uh, you know, he's complaining about the media, but what an idiotic way to rep- represent yourself. Uh, you know, sitting there in his bedroom, which looks like it belongs to, a, you know, a five-year-old, you know, in his gaming chair and uh, going over uh, how he scared Robert Jackson, our practice guard squad corner, into backing up two inches. Tremendous. Tremendous stuff there from Claypool. He he's perfect fit for Pittsburgh, and uh, as I mentioned to Jeff earlier, they have a tremendous culture problem. As far as I can read it, I don't think they can pay Juju Smith Schuster, so that head case is leaving. But you know, my dad uh, is a football coach his whole life, and uh, you know, had to say for guys like that, uh, great uniform, bad helmet. Uh, so, and, and that's how uh, I feel about Claypool and. Smith Schuster and a couple of the guys over there. Jeff making a great point as we were talking about Roethlisberger's future. I would love to see him come back and I'd love to get the Browns to get two more shots at him uh, next year. Uh, I you know I don't know what their plan is in the future. So um, certainly. So uh, hopefully they start uh, retaining wide receivers. We will take it. Yes. 
Thank you, Craig, for your comments and joining in the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening and all the support out there for All Eyes on Cleveland. We are growing and doing our thing. The podcast can be found where all popular podcasts are found, uh, and the simulcast is out to YouTube, Facebook Live, and Periscope. Uh, Once again, tomorrow night, Joe Valerio, NFL offensive lineman, six years with the Chiefs, host of Believe in Chiefs podcast, will join me for a Browns versus Chiefs preview. Uh, Tonight was uh, a glorious uh, trip down memory lane, reliving the uh, oh-so-enjoyable beatdown over the uh, overhyped, over-arrogant, and uh, highly overrated Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. It's been All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, For Mikey, my name is Brad Ward. We are out. 